Welcome, Hormoz. Yes. Dr. Hormoz. <laughs> so we thank you. Everyone just stretch out your hand to Hormoz. We just bless Hormoz again in the name of the Lord. And, and we just thank you for him. We thank you for his life. We thank you for uh, this message. Um, Lord, the, the, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We just give you total liberty in saying what you feel like the Lord's put on your heart. And, uh, and we are listening. And, uh, and may the joy of the Lord be your strength. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm so glad about the prayer for generations. That was just touched me deeply. And I believe something great happened in the spiritual domain. And we need to work on that intergeneration. The enemy wants to separate generations. And we see that all the time. But once the generations are joined, that's the end of the work of Satan. That's, that's the end of him. That's why he doesn't want that to happen. And we are committed to do that in our ministry. And uh, we know you are. Let's be intentional, be intentional to, for the older generation to work and bless the, the new generation. Don't think they have to do what you did. You know, we started from scratch. But you leave an inheritance to your children. Your children should not start from scratch. They should continue what you have built, and they, they go and, 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 and build upon it. And that's, uh, that involves, that, that's a, a, a sacrificial giving of all the older generation. Uh, we think everybody has to go through what we went through. No. And God has called them to continue, not to start from scratch. Continue. And let, let's do that. I, I'm, I'm so excited about that. And that's the passion uh, for my, me and Donnell. And the last few months, we have been talking and uh, praying about this curse uh, of uh, in generation, especially in, in Iran, in Islam. You know that the, in Islam, the children have no value. You, you, children are possessions, just like wives are possessions of men. Children are possessions, and you can ignore them. You can do anything to them. Did you know that in Iran, if a father kills her daughter or son, there's not a big uh, deal. They don't get long-term jail. If they can prove that this child kind of dishonored me, they, they will let him go because it's their own. It's, it's a possession. It's not a human being of uh, equal value. Uh, so working in, uh, amongst uh, Muslims especially, we need to focus on that intergeneration and, and, and break that curse. Now, um, I want to share, I wanna, there was a, a, a to this time and the next time, I'm going to uh, share more about what we can learn from the, from the persecuted church that applies to us. Again, many of you are working among persecuted church, and this might be a reminder or a confirmation, but we all need to learn from those people. Uh, again, for our Today, we need to do that, and, and for the future, for what's coming up in, in nations, uh, the persecution will grow in all nations, and we need to, as pioneers, as people who hear God, not only hear, but be prepared to help the church. They may be shocked, but we are not. We know that's a part of living for Christ, and we need to be salt, and we need to uh, be, uh, be equipper of churches 
for the upcoming persecution. But uh, I, I want to share a little bit about uh, the, the ministry. Some have asked uh, briefly, because what's happening in Iran is a, of historical dimension. And uh, some of you, two, I think two, maybe three of you have come to me and said, we don't know, God is calling me about Iran, Iran. It, and I, I don't know why, I love Iranians, or I want to work with Iran. And each, each one of you have a heart for where you, you are called to. That, that's natural. The Lord puts your love for the people you need to reach out. That's an indication. If you say, I don't know why I, feel, I love that that group of people, I don't know. It's God. It's God giving a part of your heart for, for, to you, so you will do something about it. it. It's just God. So it comes with the heart, and, and when you go and share, and, and uh, those people, they know that you love them. You know God sent you uh, to love them. Now, for Iran, there is a history in the making, and those people who came to me, I said, so God is calling you to make history because the history is in the making in Iran. This is a very critical point in history of not just Iran, the Middle East, and maybe in the world because God says, I will set my throne there, and that's not a small thing. That, that's a, uh, a global uh, dimension uh, of promise God, God gives and says, I will set, set my throne. Now, um, let me share a little bit about Iran, and uh, I will share about Iran alive. And then I want to share one big lesson of probably the source or the start of all the other lessons we can learn from the persecuted church is this, what I'm going to share tonight. And then we're going to pray. We're going to have a time of um, prayer and ministry. Also, Daniel, do you, uh, do, you do you have something to share before we start? Or Okay, I want to always give time okay iran has the fastest growing evangelical population in the world god is doing something there and uh, is the first islamic nation that is experiencing defeat islam is experiencing great defeat in iran and that's the beginning of a domino effect you will see in the future years more and more islamic nations will open up to, to the gospel. And there are people groups, there are Muslim uh, groups in, open to the gospel, but as a nation, Iran as a nation has rejected Islam. So something special happening. Now why is it the fastest growing? It's not what I say, it's the Operation World did a survey, uh, study, and they put Iran, and uh, here is the, the growth chart. They put Iran as the fastest 19.6% growth per year. And then Afghanistan is number two and Tajikistan number 10. So three of the top 10 fastest growing evangelical population are Farsi speakers, they're Persians. So the Lord is blessing, is doing something special among Persians. You may say why, I, I, I think God had from the beginning and there is a there is a blessing, there, there, there is a um, God's will for Iran and Israel to be one, to be blessing each other in the past, you see in the Bible, and you see in the future when he says, I will set my throne there, that's a blessing, it means both are going to be in one unit, they're going to be the same spirit working both, the same Jesus will set his throne there. Right now there is a battle, the government of Iran is saying, uh, death to Israel, we we're going to wipe Israel off the map. At the same time, today, Iranians are loving 
Israel and Jews more and more and more. And actually, the more the Israel, the more Iranian government they put these rallies. They used to. They can't even do a rally anymore because people won't go. They did these rallies saying, death to Israel, death to Israel. Fewer and fewer people are showing. So if you see clips, it's old. It's, 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 it's not new. But when they do that, when they say, death to Israel, death to U.S., and uh, people are saying, why are you saying death to Israel? They must be good people if our government is against them. So... <laughs> They, it, it works again, and the hearts of Iranians are growing towards Israel. Not just Christians, of course Christians, but also non-Christians. And according to Jeremiah 49, Iran will be a, uh, Iran will be a Christian nation. And I, I used to say, where did you get that idea? I say, I stole it. I, where did you steal it from? I steal it from Jeremiah 49, 38. It's a promise. Iran will be that. And how do we, and, and we are moving in that direction really fast. So Iran becoming a Christian nation is not yet, might ha happen in our generation, it may not, but it's going so fast in that direction that it's possible that we will see it. It's possible. If we work together, it will, we will get there faster, but it's happening. The people of Iran rejecting Islam and they are growing in the openness to the gospel. That's why it has the fastest growing evangelical population. But how do you do it? We can't go to Iran. No missionary. They've closed up churches, completely building churches. It's very dangerous to be a part of a house church. That's a part of persecution. The, sometimes I feel the Iranian government believe in the power of church more than we do. They are... <laughs> They close the churches and they're so mad if, if Christians get together even in houses. Did you know there are people in jail today in Iran and they are there, they will be there for 10 to 12 years. Do you know what their crime was? Attending a house church. Attending a house church. They're afraid of Christians getting together. There is power when we get together, and they don't want that. Now, how do you get to Iran? You can't gather. You can't have a rally. Now, this is where technology comes, and we started over 20 years ago. The Lord told us, um, go to Iran through satellite television, and you can see in this, uh, the next, yeah, that satellite television is very popular in Iran. It's not that popular in the West, and it's not fewer and fewer people are watching satellite. But in Iran, everyone has a satellite dish. Why? It's their only connection to the outside world. The government controls media, so they use, they watch satellite television. They, and internet is controlled and slow and expensive intentionally. So it's uh, even though we work, we serve through internet, but but. Uh, but still, satellite television is number one. Everyone has a satellite dish. Sometimes, you know, this is, uh, this is Tehran. You see all the satellite dish. By the way, it's having a satellite dish is illegal in Iran <laughs> on the paper. <laughs> but they can't enforce it. Even the government officials have it. Their family members have it. But you see it everywhere. Sometimes I feel um, satellite dish is the national flower of Iran because you see it <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> And people 
will go without food, but not without satellite television. So going through satellite television into privacy of their homes, in their living rooms, looking at them, smile at them, and tell them Jesus loves you. Look at eye to eye. It's so powerful. And they're not afraid. They've locked the door. The government, if, even if they invade, they don't know what, what you watched 10 minutes ago. If you're on internet, they, they know what you uh, watched two, two months ago. So it's very safe. People lock the door, watch, and they come to Christ. And that's why we have such a high rate of conversion. I, I remember this per person uh, called me, at one of the programs, one of the shows, and she said, you know, Pastor Omos, uh, uh, I lost my job two months ago, and I had a hard time feeding my family. I just prayed, God, I need a job. Would you find me a job? My family is hungry. Would you find me a job? And he said, but two weeks ago, the Lord found me a job. And he said, you know what I did with my first paycheck? So what did you do? He said, I went, bought a satellite dish. <laughs> I said, you're crazy. Your, your family is hungry. You buy a satellite dish. And this is what he said. He said, I bought a satellite dish because my family needs hope first. Bread second. It's a source of hope. So desperate. So hopeless. You see that in, even in people in uh, nomads have it, right? Nomads. They don't have running water, but they have dish. <laughs> they don't have electricity, but they have generators, and they, they, watch, the, they watch satellite. Now, Amos 9.13 has been on my heart the last uh, five, six months, especially. It, it, it talks about... Uh, the day is coming when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman. You know, kind of illogical if it said that uh, plowman uh, uh, or, or the uh, uh, reaper, it says overtaken means the reaper will go ahead of plowman. That's so illogical, right? How could the reaper go before <laughs> Before you sow, you reap. For years, I didn't know what, how could that happen until the last year, a few times I saw that happen. You know how? I've had many instances. You know, we do a live broadcast church, and then people, I have a, like, meet the pastor, I have an open Zoom, and those who can come with VPN and be safe, they come there and ask. And more than once, I've seen that uh, people who come to Christ first, then they ask me, who is Christ? And what does a cross mean? What did, they already ready. Like this lady, uh, a, few, a few weeks ago, she, she, came to the, uh, she came to the Zoom call and she said, you know, let me, uh, I, I, I have a question, but let me t share with you. Two months ago, I accidentally watched your satellite television and I went to bed and in my heart, Something said, you need this, Jesus. So I said, yeah, that's, I need that, Jesus. He said, he didn't even pray for the prayer, sinner's prayer. He said, yeah, you're right. I think I need that, Jesus. And she, she, she said, I got up next morning, and the world had changed. She said, I have, I have money. I'm not poor. I don't have any problem. I have a good husband. No one is 
uh, have addiction problem in my family. Many Iranian families have that problem. Somebody is a drug addict. She said, I have no problem, but I did not have joy. Next morning, I have joy. I said, well, maybe I was brainwashed, but it has, it's two months, I have joy. I have joy every day. I know it's because of Jesus. So I'm calling, would you tell me about Jesus? Would you, who, who is this Jesus? What does this cross mean? You talk about cross, you, then salvation, he's a savior. So she already had faith, and now she understands the message. There are many, many like that. Just a couple of weeks ago, this man said, um, he, uh, this, this guy had invited tw- 25 people. He said, there are 25 people in my home. We are on this Zoom call. Would you tell them about Jesus? They're all Muslims. So I share the gospel, and uh, I do an altar call. Three of them come to, to the microphone, to the phone, and they say, we want, uh, one of them said, I want to come to Christ, but I, I can't. One thing, it's hard for me to understand why Jesus is God. That's, that's blasphemy, isn't it? Oh, he didn't say that. Actually, I said, he said, it's hard for me to understand. And I came, I said, yes, you're right. That's blasphemy. If you make a man to be God, that's blasphemy. Before he said it, I said it. And then I said, I said you know, we don't make man God, but God loves you so much that he came in the form of man. Those who work among Muslims, you know, it's so hard to answer those questions, right? It may take weeks, months to convince them of deity of Christ. For this man, it took 30 seconds. I just shared a few sentences. He said, that's enough. I, I, <laughs> that's enough for me. I want to come to Christ. Believed in the deity of Christ with just three, four sentences that God, we don't make man God, but God loves you who came after you in the form of Human, human flesh. So Amos 9.13 is happening, and uh, uh, so many are coming to Christ. The next, um, next slide, we, we just passed 100,000 registered salvation. These are people who dare to call us or because it's dangerous to call us, and it's hard to call us because we are blocked. So, uh, and what we do is uh, our satellite channel is not a typical Christian when I say Christian television, you may think of maybe Western. It's not. It's a, it's a church channel. We provide spiritual nourishment to them every day. We have live prayer meeting. Every church has it. We have Sunday school. We have programs. Uh, we have classes. And we have live church service. Like the next one, Global Satellite Church. This is where what we do in our uh, studio. And on the other end, there are people around, sitting around and watching and participating. And the, the next slide, even some people put their chairs in line. They, they like that feeling of church. The next slide, they put their church, the, the, the chairs in. It's to look like a church, they want to do that. We started the school, been training people, but started school about four years ago. Now we have over 3,300 students online and uh, we are teaching them. Uh, our satellite is the uh, number one most watched Christian channel in Iran. And we don't claim that, but it was, a, a, again, a company in London who did a survey asking people, what is your favorite channel? They, 
listed over 40 channels, both government channels, movie channels, sport channels, news channels, and they had to pick from 40-some lists. And uh, we came number one as the most uh, watched Christian channel and in Iran. And CBN has a channel, TBN and Sat7 have a channel, and that's their numbers of the number of people who said that 7.7%, this is my um, most favorite channel, and we watch it daily, which is about 6 million, 7.7%. Now, uh, just briefly about our strategy, what, it, what is different about Iran Alive is I, I do it seven, I put that and I teach that to our leaders, says we are, we are, this is us, we're different a little bit. Uh, we, we love all denominations, we love all who are ministering among Iran's, there is no competition, we are working together. But what separates us from most of those uh, ministries working in Iran is, is this. You say, what is 572? Five is that we believe in fivefold. Many, many of them do not believe in prophets, prophets and apostles. They, they don't believe that they, or they don't follow that. But we believe the fivefold completes the church and we are working and we allow each one to function. So what is seven? Seven is uh, uh, the seven gates or seven mountains. You may be familiar. We are developing ministries in all seven. It takes time, but we have started and we want to train leaders. We want to train fivefold in each of these ministries. So somebody may be called an apostle into the marketplace or a prophet to the government. So any combination is Lord. He can, he can choose people with different giftings for different ministries and different areas. And what is two? Two is that we believe in both men and women leadership, as Fred mentioned. Yeah, and that's most Iranians. Uh, let me share this with you. Uh, IMB, the Baptists, are doing great work in Iran. Great work, and Presbyterians, great work. And they, they give good teaching, but something that they don't talk about much about the, is about the Holy Spirit, and number two is very limiting the women's role. And we believe, as Fred, you mentioned, that both Old Testament and New Testament, that in ministry, in calling, there's no difference. When you talk about calling, even in New Testament verses, or gifting, doesn't separate, it's just every, every believer has this or these um, giftings, callings. So uh, bottom is that many, many of the uh, seminaries, many, many of churches are training, but they do one, one, one. What I mean is they train only pastors and for churches and only men. So very limited combination is, you only have one combination. But with 572, you have uh, 70 combinations of calling, uh, calling there. Amen. Now, let's, uh, let me share this lesson and then we pray. Um, um, lesson one, I'm going to share more uh, tomorrow. Um, the greatest lesson I learned when I look at the persecuted church, especially Muslim converts coming to Christ is this. The immense love and appreciation for what Jesus has done for them. 
You know, when you come from darkness to light, you appreciate the light. Many times in the West, uh, we come to Christ, of course, God, but we don't appreciate the transformation, what Jesus has done for us. We convert, we become a Christian, we get a better life, we get, of course, we get joy, we get peace, but not the night and day type of experience that they have. They do that. They know they were living in hell. Living under Islam, I'm not bashing Islam, I've given my life for Muslims. I love them, but this is the truth. It's hell. The Allah is not Jehovah. Allah and his characteristics is more like Satan in the Bible. You just list the characteristics of Satan. So, funny thing is many Muslims in Iran, if I read their blog, these are Muslims. I read their blog, they say Islam, Islam is not from God, it's from Satan. Muslims say that in their blogs. So, uh, they know they came from under dominion of dark forces, Satan, to the light, to joy. And they know Jesus did that. So as a result of that appreciation, the result of receiving his love, because we love because he first loved us. So an immense love and appreciation for what God has done for them. And we... In the West, we need to be pondering, we need to focusing, remembering, appreciating, loving Jesus. And first sign of love is obedience, isn't it? Jesus says, if you love me, you obey. It's not just an emotional thing, even though it's, part of it is emotional, but a natural part of their love for Christ is that saying, Jesus, if you say it, I will do it. We can learn that. How much are we obeying the Lord? You see, if he talks to you, if he says, tells you, stop this, throw this out of your life, delete that app. Sometimes those apps are, you know, God is telling you, don't spend time on this. Don't, you know, and we feel the Holy Spirit, but we keep it. So that's not a sin. But if the Holy Spirit is, tells you, you throw away anything that's not of God. It could be an app, could be a, a, something that you're used to, a habit that may not look bad. But if the Holy Spirit tells you and you love the Lord, you say, yes, I will do that. I will obey the Lord. And that's the key to discipleship. That's the key to, to transformation. I remember this a woman called. It was after the program, so I had time to talk to her. And she really impressed me. We talked about every subject, several subjects, and every time she had completely biblical worldview. And for every subject she had... Verses from memory she was reciting. So we talked about why persecution is good. And she knew it. And she gave so many verses from memory. She thought we talked about uh, Christian marriage. Right on. Biblical worldview. 
So after 20, 25 minutes, I was, in my heart, I was saying, some of my elders don't have that complete worldview that she has, looking everything in life from Bible. And I'm jealous myself. I don't have that many verses memorized as she does. She's just, just shooting out verses. So after 20, 25 minutes, I said, I'm sorry, I have to go have a meeting. Please tell me why you call, why you contacted. She said, I contacted you because uh, I need a Bible. I don't have a Bible. <laughs> what? You're walking Bible. How did you, how long have you been in the Lord? How, when did you come? Over, uh, a little bit over a year. What? In one year? You sound so mature. Tell me, how did, but to all these verses, you don't have a Bible? She, this is what she said. She said, I watch your programs and when, and take notes. And when you use a verse, I jot it down in my separate, and that's my Bible right now. And every verse that I write down, I memorize it, and I do it. Obey, because I love the Lord. I do it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes, amen. Yes, Lord, we make us hungry for, the, for your word. Not just to read, not to understand, Lord. A spirit of obedience out of love. Today, tonight. We love you. And because we love you, we obey your word. We obey your spirit. And that's how we show you. We truly love you, Lord God. If you ask us to stop doing something, we will. We will. If you ask us to start, we will. By your power, but we will. We need you, but we will. That's our will. We align our will to, with your will, Lord God, today. And we know that's how your anointing will flow even more through us. So thank you, Lord. If the Lord is talking to you in certain areas, say yes. He loves you, and you love him back. Align yourself with the will of God. Align your heart with his heart. Align your mind with his mind. And he will align with you with the spirit and the power of his spirit. Amen. Let me show you this, uh, this woman called. And, and this was her story. She said, you know, uh, I've, I've, uh, I came to Christ six months ago. She said, six months ago, my husband, we have married for 26 years. We have three kids. And then six months ago, my husband went and married a young woman, because in Islam, you can have multiple wives, 20 years younger than me. And he would hardly ever come to a house, just stayed with that woman. And whenever he came to our house, and uh, I, would, I was so angry, I was so rejected, so hurt. We, we would have a fight. I would just scream at him, uh, curse him, and he would come to our house, Less and less, he didn't want to face me. And I felt so broken as a woman. I gave my young years to this man. I raised his children. Now I'm older, and he marries a young woman. I felt rejected. I felt worthless. I felt even suicidal. Just life has no meaning. So uh, out of desperation, I was watching uh, you know, satellite television. I, I found you, and you were saying this at night, you said, if your husband has rejected you, he doesn't love you, there is one who loves you more than your husband. Let him, let Jesus be your husband. 
And you said, there is no man on this world that can love you, good or bad husband, who can love you to satisfy your longing for love. No man can do that for, for a woman. And, but Jesus can. And you said, would you want Jesus to be your husband tonight? I said, I, yeah, I, want, I want him. So she said, I prayed that night, and Jesus came to my life, accepted him, and um, instantly I felt accepted, healed, calm. And, and my husband would come sometimes, says, uh, uh, what, you're calm, what's wrong, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know? Yeah, do I, do I need to take you to psychologists? I mean, you're kind. And, uh, and then he, he said, so obedience. Did one of your sermons, you talked about forgiveness. You said you have to forgive those who have hurt you. I heard it. I said, I got to do it. I love Jesus. Jesus, my husband, he loved me. He gives me this peace and joy. If he says forgive, yes, sir, I will do that. Okay, uh, yeah, my husband. Okay, I'm going to... Forgive my husband. Lord, I forgive my husband. So my attitude towards my husband changed so much. He would come and I would serve him. I would not curse. I would not be angry. Just make food and, and serve him and, and be kind to him. And he was just, what's going on here? <laughs> said, I found Jesus. With or without husband, I'm happy. And then he said, another sermon. Just can you see the pattern of Hearing the word of God and saying yes. He says, another sermon, you said, uh, forgiving your enemies is good, but not the end of it. Now you have to love your enemies. Oh, okay, yes, God. So who is my enemy that I can love? Oh, yeah, that woman. I'm, I can love that woman. So she said, I called that woman. And first she was, uh, the woman was so nervous, and because I had called and uh, cussed at her and uh, made a fight, uh, screamed at her. But this time I said, please, please don't hang up. I, 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 I'm going to just tell you something. Please, don't hang up. I'm not mad at you. So she listened, and she told me, this is what I told that woman. I told her, you stole my husband, but I forgive you. But I want you to know, I have met another husband who is, who is even better than this one. He is kinder. He's always available. And I don't mind if you spend time with him at all. I want you to <laughs> share the message with that woman. That's love. How many of us will do that for somebody who has hurt us? He did, she did it out of love. She knows what Jesus has done. Is somebody here that you need to forgive? Maybe, maybe your pastor. Maybe your pastor who has not acknowledged you, your gifting. Maybe instead of helping you, has stopped you. Discounted your calling, your gifting. Or spouse. How, why do we forgive? Because we love Jesus. We don't want anything to come between us and Jesus. And that's why Jesus is so, such word, strong words talk about forgiveness that sometimes you're shaken. If you don't forgive, I will not forgive you. And that's in Matthew 18, that the, the servant who didn't forgive, he said, put him in the dark, you know, put him with the torturers. Oh God, Jesus, don't you think that's 
so harsh? Yes, because that impacts your relationship with me and that impacts my work in your life. It impacts my anointing in you. Many of us, our anointing could double, triple if we just forgive. Just the spirit of God will flow. Not just forgive, love. <laughs> Take the step to love your enemies. Maybe God wants to give you multiple anointing, but he, he wants you to obey, not just for forgiveness, anything in your life. If you take it, if you obey the Lord, the anointing will flow, greater flow, because it's, it's stopping. We want to uh, pray, and uh, we want to make sure that we have time for, uh, for ministry as, as you have um, I want to uh, see, yeah. I want to share this, uh, this story again, love, but then we can go into prayer. Uh, there was this a woman who was a devout Muslim, and uh, she, she, had, she was disillusioned. She committed suicide or attempted to commit suicide several times, and she was not, sad. She was not successful. Her mom had a very advanced case of MS, dying. And she goes to her mom, very devout Muslim. She tells her mom, Mom, I'm going to kill myself. If you don't allow me to do it at home, I will do it outside. Mom says, well, they have given me three months to live anyway. So I'm dying, so let's do it together. Let's commit suicide together. So they arrange for night. The father is out. They wanted to take some sleeping medicine and turn on gas. So as the daughter was preparing, mom was um, laying down in a, uh, in a bed in a, in a living room watching television. And she couldn't move. She, was, she had lost all her bodily functions. She was drooling. She couldn't get up. She couldn't walk. So she turns on television. And accidentally, the moment she turns on, there is somebody me saying, <laughs> if you plan to commit suicide tonight, stop, because God loves you and has a plan for you. He's not done with you. So she watches, and she tells her husband, uh, her daughter, I want to call. No, 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 no. Uh, daughter was uh, strong-headed. No, no, don't turn it off. They're, they're brainwashing you. So she said, no, please, let me watch. So she calls. And I remember that uh, leading her to Christ. I shared the message, and she was led to Christ. And then she said, would you talk to my daughter? I said, yes. Uh, and I could hear in the background they were fighting, telling, please talk to Pastor Ramos. Who is this Pastor Ramos? Hang it up. They're infidels. They're going to hell. They're going to take you to hell. Don't, I wanna, don't want to talk. So they were fighting. After a few minutes, the daughter came to the phone, and I said, uh, she said, I'm going to kill myself, and your Jesus cannot stop me tonight. We were going to do it. So I tried to convince her for an hour. I convinced her not to do it that night, and she was not convinced. Suddenly, the Lord gave me an idea. I said, okay, you're going to kill yourself anyway. Yes, I will. Okay, give Jesus one, one week, okay? And if it doesn't happen, go ahead, kill yourself. <laughs> so, so she said, okay. And uh, later she told me, when she said, okay, was, she was thinking, okay, I will do that. And next week, this time, it was a live broadcast. 
and uh, uh, Jesus has done nothing for me, and I will call live, and I will tell everyone who is watching that program, Jesus does not work. He is a liar, and I'm going to kill myself, and I'm going to kill myself live on the air. So I will serve Allah this way. So, so I said, let's pray. She prayed. No emotions, just repeated after me. She said, I didn't mean that. Later, she told me. So this is what happens. 3 a.m. that night, she hears a voice, a sound. What happened? Oh, my mom probably fell off the bed. So she goes and mom is not in bed. What? Where is mom? My mom could not walk, could not move. Where is mom? She goes and sees mom walking and cooking in the kitchen <laughs> at 3 a.m. Mom, <laughs> what, what happened to you? She said, Jesus healed me. We thought Jesus healed me. Oh, no, mom, you're not healed. This is a brainwashing. We are going to take you to the hospital tomorrow to prove that you're not healed. This is just a mental game they played on you. So she takes her mom to the hospital next morning. And when they do the test, they said there is no trace of MS. She's completely healed. She said, I came home and I was not depressed. I said, whoa, they're so powerful. These pastors almost brainwashed me too. And uh, I'm joyful. She said, I tried to make myself depressed, think of all the negative things. And I couldn't be depressed. I knew that was Jesus. So week after that, on a, the same day they had live broadcast, they called father, a mother and daughter. They, they told us this story. And they said, we want to serve the Lord from now on. He saved both of our lives, and we want to serve the Lord. How do we do that? He said, well, share your testimony with others. That's how you start. And you know what they did? You know when you come to Christ in one way, you think everybody has to come to Christ the same way. So they thought everybody uh, comes to Christ has to be depressed, has to be suicidal, and has to call Pastor Hormoz and pray with Hormoz. There's no other way to be saved. So all, all week they will look for depressed people, <laughs> suicidal people, invite them to their home, give them dinner, and accidentally turn on TV to our program. <laughs> so, <laughs> and after the wash, they would turn, they do invitation, altar call. Why don't you try Jesus? And if it doesn't work, go ahead, kill yourself. <laughs> that, that, they, that's the only way they knew how to witness. So, <laughs> Every week they had people who came to Christ. In a matter of two, three months, they had two, three groups, 20-some people they led to Christ. And we trained them, and for years, this is like 15 years ago, they did church planting in many, many, over 100 city churches, underground churches. They served, they served. And they planned it. And one time I asked the girl, aren't you afraid? What if, what, what if they arrest you? She said, we are very careful. But um, what if they arrest you? They rape women in Iranian jail. They may arrest you and rape you. How do you feel about that? You know what she said? She said, I have given my life to Christ. I'm ready to die. Being raped is a part of dying for Christ, if, if it happens. At one time, their group, we, Daniel and I trained them, we brought them to 
Turkey for many years, trained them and helped them multiply churches, and they were faithful. At the one time, um, one night, there was an arrest in Shiraz, and, and we, we, uh, we lost about 450 people overnight because the government discovered that network and arrested top of our, 10 of our top leaders, and they were in jail. And if those top leaders spoke, they would have, we would have lost everything because they knew the higher-ups, the, the national leaders. These, these were regional leaders there, arrested. And so the rest of the people did not know if these people under torture will speak or not. Can you believe it? Your friend is arrested, and if they mention your name, they will be at your door tomorrow. And we were, Donald and I was uh, in touch with them, encouraging them. I said, what are you doing? Um, you know what they told us? He said, we are gathering every night. We are fasting every day. We gathering, have a meal, and then we have communion. Every night. And what they shared about communion opened my eyes and my understanding of communion. They said, when we take communion, we say this. Jesus said, this is the last communion I have with you. After this, I will do it in heaven with you. The next, one. next time I will have this will be with you in heaven. So he said, we don't know if we're going to be alive tomorrow or be arrested. But we take communion. We say, Jesus, if we don't take this again, we will take it with you in heaven. If we don't take it again on earth, we will do it in heaven with you. There's the grace of God for those who love the Lord and obey him, saying, no matter what, I belong to you. I'm not afraid to be persecuted. I'm not afraid to die but because I'm already dead for you. I want to pray, and tonight we're going to uh, do a ministry, right? Yes. But the challenge today is how much do you love the Lord? You can measure it by how much you obey him and his word and his spirit then you know. If the Lord's speaking something to talk out of your life, throw it away, stop doing, and something to add, just say, yes, Lord. I do it because I love you. I love you. Father, we, we, we are so grateful of all you have done for us. Sometimes we forget. We're used to our Christian life, and we forget where we would be if you did not save us, Lord. This world is so empty, so cruel, no purpose, deception, lies, stress, hatred, but you gave us love, you gave us peace, you gave us joy. You give us power to even love our enemies, Lord. We, we, we acknowledge and we value all the things you are to us and you have done and you are doing. And in response of, to your love, we say, Lord, we love you also. And we prove it by willingly, joyfully obeying you.